1: Hello, welcome to another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast. It's James taking you through this week. We've got a special guest in Gary Barwell, who is the head groundsman at Edge Baston and ground staff. In my opinion, the unsung heroes of the English summer. The hours they worked, the dedication they put in second to none on the county and international circuit. And during the World Cup, at times took a little bit of a, a hammering on social media because of the rain and the fact that there was four or five games were abandoned. Mark Butcher took to Twitter to say that he felt that the to of pitches in the world cup we're spoiling the tournament so i thought i'd get gary on this week to chat about life as a groundsman what it takes to prepare a great pitch and give him a chance to come back at mark Butcher's comments so in this edition of the cricket badger podcast the groundsman strikes back hi my name is Brian lara and you're listening to the cricket badger podcast it's that badger style
0: a little bit of relaxation managed to get to go to the final which was nice and uh yeah, it's uh, back on with the, back on with the day job, which is a well, we, we call it the day job anyway. It's the um, everyday job, really. How, how was the final experience? That was pretty decent, wasn't it? Oh, unbelievable! It was. Yeah, I, I, I like my cricket, but I'm a bit more football football fan, to be honest. But uh, I like, obviously, I like my cricket and be involved in it, and uh, yeah, very proud. Um, what with knowing, you know, speaking to the players and knowing how a good bunch of group of guys they are and how well they treat my staff here at Edgbaston when they come as as a team and as a player. Yeah, nothing but admiration. And it was great to see cricket in the spotlight, which
2: was nice. Ah, so it was a pretty special day, wasn't it? A pretty special day on Sunday.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. It's all, I know it sounds a bit of a cliche because obviously, of course, you want England to win. I always will do. But uh, New Zealand are a fantastic bunch as well. And... Um, it was a, it was a shame someone had to lose in that way, but I'm very happy that uh, England won. It was amazing.
2: The R- reason I've got you on the pod. Um, was because I saw Mark Butcher's comments got midway yes. um, through the Cricket World Cup and you obviously responded to him on, on Twitter this was. And the head, head of the World Cup Gary everybody was expecting 500 was going to be scored it was all going to be 400 plus 350 minimum to win a game yeah. it was going to be batsman's paradise but we had that weather at the start of the competition and it seemed to uh, affect the pitches and make some of them maybe a little bit too paced and a little bit slow would you say that was a fair comment?
0: I think too paced is hard I think we we don't sometimes give the bowlers enough credit for how they bowl. When you're changing up from 60 to 80 in a ball, uh, I think is a big difference on pitches. And I've thought too paced watching it from the side, if I'm honest, sometimes. Some pitches were a little bit on the slower side. Uh, I don't think we definitely had one here. Um, I didn't watch the coverage in depth. To sort of make a comment on other grounds all the time, but I watched enough to uh, sort of calculate things. Our first pitch was determined by the weather. You know, we had 40 hours of light, let alone hot sun. And I was happy that it was. That the pitch was fair for both teams. You know, we had 100 on it. You know, Kane Williamson batted quite beautifully and had to sort of dig in. I mean, I'll, I'll talk personally about here. I, I totally agree that the pitches were a little bit slower and probably offered a little bit more for the bowlers. But actually, what it did do, it brought different skills within the game. England played India here. And Liam Plunkett bowled superbly, so did Chris Wokes. And I think sometimes within a when a pitch is offering a little bit for the bowlers or it's something, a bowler doesn't quite get the credit
2: they deserve it. From my perspective, as, as a cricket fan, first and foremost, I, I find the kind of 450 cu- wickets, yeah, it's great as a one off. You want to see a load of fours and sixes, but it's it's nice, certainly across a tournament, I think, to see a, a mixture.
0: I totally agree. And I, I'll throw you a question now.
2: Did you see all the games at Edgbaston? I did, yeah. Which was the best pitch? Now you're testing my memory because I've watched every single match of this tournament. We
0: started off with New Zealand, South
2: Africa. Then we had
0: New Zealand, Pakistan. Then we followed it up with England and India. Followed it up with India-Bangladesh. Followed it up with a semi-final Australia versus England.
2: The Australia-England game was good. I enjoyed that match, but I enjoyed it probably with my native bias involved yeah. in because of the result. Um, I thought totally England, agree, The though. England, England-India pitch was good. Yeah,
0: but you, one thing you never said, you never said the closest game because South Africa-New Zealand ebbed and flowed. And I would, I would totally agree with you. If you ask me now, I was so pleased with the south, semi-final pitch. I spoke to both... Coaches, captains, everybody, and I said I want the pitch to be as good as it can be, so it's fair for both teams. If I walk off doing that, I've done my job. The best team will win, and I generally believe that. Every every cricket groundsman, I imagine, I'd like to think so. i have not i not spoken to him about it. Like to see, and Carl would have been the same at the weekend. A nice 3:30, and the team get it nearly get it or get it with an over to go. Yeah, and I, that's probably where I'd like to be. So England India was a good pitch. The other pitches were still good. They had different characteristics. Ours was down to weather. But also, there is another thing that a lot of people, and I've actually started following some of them, and I do take, and I'll go on to the butcher comments about it constructive criticism, or you'll have an opinion, or other journalists, or whatever it may be, you put the person in the street. I've got no problem with someone saying the New Zealand versus South Africa pitch here was a bit slow and it was hard work to time your shots on. Do you know what? That was That's fair. I'm not going to. I won't even argue. In fact, I'll agree. But bowlers bowled well. But my question there was, actually, the closest game you didn't mention, the one that was ebbed and flowed and went down to the last four balls, and the other one did, the same pitch went to the last four balls. If you come and watch a Royal London here, like a T20, we've got a T20 on Sunday against Leicestershire. It's a brand new pitch. Yeah. We Then we've got another T20 on Wednesday, which is two days between. It's the same pitch. So there very, were very little in it. But if you... Come to a one-day international edge and I bet you have done numerous occasions. I bet yeah. you say, if I said to you now, every time you've been I bet it's been a new pitch in the centre of the square, and it looks pristine. Yes. And that and that would be for every, I imagine, every ground, isn't it? You've been to? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. For a tri- bilateral series. Now, all of a sudden, you're now giving me one, two, three, four. In four weeks, I've got five one-day internationals, and none of them will be on the same pitch. So the headlines pre... I remember seeing, actually, and it's one I've kept, one of the ones that, you know, you keep... And it was on the back of the sun, I think, and it was said, There's 99 problems, but the pitch ain't one before the India game, which I thought was amazing. Everybody was talking about, oh, it's going to rag square Edgerton. uh India going to get it to turn, all this. But we were, we'd only played on one pitch. The first two games were played on the same pitch. Okay. It was always going to be the case. We put those, groundsmen don't get interfered with by the ICC, but there is a, there is a remit you have to
2: stick to. I was going to ask you that, actually, Gary, because the, one, of the, one of the things that I, I saw written and, and talked about during the World Cup was that the ICC take over the grounds, effectively. It's their, it's their tournament, and therefore, yeah, there, there was even almost a suggestion that you guys weren't going to be involved. It was going to be ICC groundsmen, which was daft, but you get guidelines as to what you're supposed to do, and you're left to your own devices then.
0: Yes, pretty much. Uh, I can't, like I say, I can't speak for every ground, but I can speak for myself, uh, and I'll happily. Anybody asks me, I'll answer the same. We are left to our own devices, but about a year out, we will have. We won't have the fixtures of who it will be. This is just going on the World Cup Champions Trophy is very similar, but it's a bit less less teams. But you'll have a. You will. You'll have edge will know they'll have five games so then you have to decide where you're playing the five games well i've got ash's test match i've got t20 finals day so you make the decision you're playing on pitch 10 pitch 12 is going to be the semi pitch 14 so there are your pitches you use in your three pitches so it's irrelevant who's playing you know it could be england first it could be england second so it was always going to be pitch 10 was going to have the first two games pitch 14 was going to have the second two games and pitch 12 was going to be the semi-final. Always a new pitch for the semi-final. I think it deserves it, warrants that. And that's my opinion. We submit that to the ICC. They then run their eye over it. They try and change it a little bit. Oh, could we have five new pitches? You say, well, that's virtually impossible because you know, you wouldn't have enough uh, pitches for the rest of the season. Just you, you couldn't prepare properly. Then it comes back again and it sort of twos and frozes a bit for a few months. But generally, I can't, like I say, I can't speak for other grounds, but with us, that was the case that we set the, the pitch map. That's where we're playing. And then with about I – I can't remember exactly when it is. Then you find out the teams. Again, to be honest with you, I always wanted just to be fair, and I know the other guys did, to do the best pitches they could, and I know every other groundsman I spoke to had done that. That's where you are. You've got your teams, you've got your pitch, and then you're left to your own devices. It's – uh, then there's an ICC like consultant, a guy called Andy Atkinson. Used to be, well, used to be head groundsman here actually many years ago, and Andy's lovely. Uh, Andy comes out, very nice, does a check of all the grounds, just and basically it's just like is everything okay, which pitches we on, and he, he'll do two or three visits pre-tournament, and he's just to have a look at the square really. Oh, it's that one, that one, that one. Yeah, it looks all right. It, I'll be honest with you, I think it's a bit of a more of a tick in the black box exercise. To see everything yeah. in in place uh he had a quick look at your nets yeah happy with the nets feedback's been good so, uh, you know that kind of thing and then you don't really see a lot of them but there's only one or two little things through the tournament that you may have asked for so like if you notice here we put a mat on the pitch to, to pre- protect the pitch now during normal games i just put a mat down and i tell the two umpires icc event i have to get their permission
2: right okay.
0: um so everything you do once you're in the tournament, you don't run it past them. It's not like a dictatorship, but it's, you have to make sure that you've, you've mentioned it to them. Otherwise, there can be a bit of oh, why you're doing that before. that? So it's like watering the outfield in a test match. You have to put your watering plan in place before the test match starts. Whereas normally, if I had a normal one-day international here and I wanted to cover, I'd just speak to the match referee and the two umpires. It's okay. just, it just it's just just a few more, and I, I bet you found that with going in and out of grounds, the accreditation and things. It's just a
2: bit more difficult, isn't it, than normal? Yeah. uh ECB. Yeah. Well, one of the major things I take from that is because there, there was a suggestion, I think, from fans really more than anybody, was that I don't know if the England India game was at your ground, but it could have been anywhere. Oh, it's good. It's always going to be a green seamer because they in England uh, are preparing these pitches, they don't want this pitch to be a to turn square. Blah 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 blah. But from what you've just said there, when you're preparing the pitch for that game, you don't actually know it's going to be those two teams. No, um,
0: I I do when I'm preparing it, as in towards the end, obviously. But like I say, look, I I can't speak for everybody, but I think I do. All of us just want to be fair. Actually, do you know what? And it's like a good football referee. If you don't talk about the pitch, it means the pitch is good. Yeah. You know, I'm really proud of my team here. Um, I thought we. Worked really hard to get the first two games, even on a pitch that was fair for both. It was a bit slow, and the second one turned a bit, you know. Not going to, you know, i want to argue they were the characteristics of the pitch. You know, play on it type thing. Really proud of the England-India pitch, because that was just a true bounce, good-paced international pitch. You know, that I'd have been happy with anywhere in the world. We played two days later, and India got 300 again, and Bangladesh nearly chased it down. Again, really pleased with it. And the semi-final, that had pace and bounce. And when you hear the opposition captain say, we were just beaten by the better team today, and Owen Morgan actually said in his pre-match uh, at the toss of the coin at uh, Lords, we played on a fantastic pitch at Edgbaston, I've done my job then. Because actually, yeah. all the same, it was a good pitch for both teams. And in a World Cup, and in a bilateral series the same, you you know you, you are England, and you, in a way, actually, you've got to be probably a little bit more less bias if that makes sense is as in if i can do a good pitch of two teams and i was always told if i could if i do a very good pitch the 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 team the better team will win on the day and carl will have gone in i know on on sunday to produce the best pitch he could in the situation he was given and that's what people don't see people will say about the ashes here we've got the ashes on the 1st of august which i'm you know desperate to absolutely nail to be the best pitch you've ever seen for test cricket like, you know, we've had here, India last year was a very good, I was really pleased with that one and pitches like that. But I've got that less than 21 days from the semi-final of the World Cup and I've still got two 2020s to prepare. Yeah. So I haven't got the perfect, you know, I mean, I've looked, it's lovely today and we allow them to do it and I'm I'm, play, I'm proud of myself my team and the club for doing it. We've got a chance to shine on the outfield today. Kids, these probably last two days, the uh, Warwickshire Cricket Board have had over 400 kids on the outfield. We cut it every morning ready for that. My team getting early, it's cut, it's watered the night before. They're playing on the same outfield that was cut exactly the same as England beat Australia here in the World Cup. Well, I do that because I think it's, I've got kids, it's a nice thing to do. Behind what you see when you're just walking on a day, these are what groundsmen up and down the country, pre-World Cup games are having to deal with. It isn't just Matt at Old Trafford just getting a semi Two days before his semi-final, he had his last group game, I think, if I'm right, I think that was right. If you have the perfect weather, i go back to 2015, actually. We were the first ground that had the New England that came back after that um, World Cup. And England got 409 against New Zealand. And the pitch was one of the best pitches I've ever produced. But we had 17 days to prepare that because that's how it fell. So what you do is you cut your cloth accordingly. And it's like you, you know, you're being exactly the same boat. You're having to do jobs sometimes with no time, and you'll, you'll, you'll send it out and you'll go, do you know what, that probably wasn't, if in an ideal, I probably would have put another couple of bits in that, or always leave everything you can out there, always try your best. I don't answer to anybody other than the people that pay the money to come into this ground, the supporters that love cricket, cricket itself. I think I've, we're, as a, as a grounds a tournament, and actually groundsmen around the country, like I say, not watching all, I think there could be a lot of groundsmen around the country, very proud, and non-test grounds. And actually, recreational grounds, because you know, you like to see Johnny Bearstow's, Joe Roots, started on pitches, not in the professional game, run by amateurs, and actually, who gave their time up, worked really hard, and actually, I professionally get paid, and it's my job, I've done it since 1993, I work really hard, my family are away on holiday, and I'm not now. You know, and actually, we give up that time. My team do, and there's head groundsmen and ground staff all up and down the country that have done that for this World Cup, and the grounds that have had none of domestic cricket. We all work hard to get to where we, the goal is, and I'm hoping all of the, everybody involved in cricket that's had something to do with an England player or something that's gone on to win this can just take a little small drink and go, or you know whatever it may be, and feel really proud of how England. You know, played the game, and it was a yeah. That's how I feel about it. So, you know, we do our best, we try our best, and yeah, it was just when you get bad comments, you sort of reflect on it a bit.
1: The Cricket Badger podcast is brought to you in association with Cricket365.com, their ethos. We love cricket and want to make the world love it as much as we do. Join them at Cricket365.com. Thank you very much to them for their support of the Cricket Badger podcast.
2: I used to work at uh, Yorkshire County Cricket Club and Andy who has been there yeah, for a couple of years. Well. He pretty much slept underneath those those covers at times. That picture was his baby. You know, he, as the media manager, I used to try and get in there quite early, and obviously after interviews and things at close of play, you'd be there quite late some days. But regardless, yeah, you know, he'd be there before me, and he'd be leaving after me. You put in a lot of time, don't you?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's easy for people to say, and I I know you're probably going to ask me about the Mark Butcher comments at some point. You know. I, I do go on Twitter because I think you know people are generally quite interested in pitches. I think what hurts you more than anything is when you try your utmost, your utmost best. You know, some days your best ain't good enough. You know, you know we all have them days, or your pitch isn't quite there, or you're, you know, you're a bit disappointed, not carried or whatever. When people criticize you and it's a little bit feels a bit unfair. You know, like I said to you at the start, I don't mind that. I, I, I briefly spoke to Andy, actually, because we were just talking about something, actually, the tournament. And Andy was still... You, you know, you, this is a guy that I'm pretty sure the story he, he told me, one of his children was born on Test Match morning, and he was back before the yeah. Test Match started. Some people would say that's well, that's stupid. You shouldn't do that. You should put certain things first. But that's his level of dedication. That's why he is one of the best at what he does. You know, I'll ring Andy up and ask a couple of things. You know, Andy's a really lovely guy. Very. He's not like me. He's. I'll always you know, try and stick up with people, or might, might be a bit more on Twitter or whatever, but he's a really genuinely good guy, so is Matt at Old Trafford, so, you know, all of them are, I can honestly say he's not one of the first class 18 head groundsmen, I wouldn't defend if I thought somebody had said something that was at them, if that makes sense, because yeah. I know how hard they all were, and again, I say this across the board, there's a lot of that amateur club groundsmen, and that no, might not be amateur professionals, but at club cricket grounds that will do exactly the same. My problem I have is, when you criticise something to such a level, that passes down, and the amateur player will do exactly the same, and it's just a bit,
2: yeah, it's just a bit unfortunate. I, I used to compare Andy Fogg and his team to kind of postmen, because, you, you know, you're driving around in the sunshine, and the postman's got his shorts on, and it looks like a fantastic job, and then you, you see them in the rain, and they have still got the shorts on. <laughs> well, and they look freezing cold and they're wet through. And it's not quite the same job. And ground stuff, but it's a little bit more like that, isn't it? You, you know, yeah. Some days you see Andy Bogaty at Headingley, and he's got his cup of coffee, and you know, he's sat there in the sunshine. It, look, it looks absolutely paradise. But you don't. What the fans don't see in that situation is all of the work that's gone around the edges of that.
0: I, I class myself, and I think a lot of the boys do. We're very privileged. I work in an, an industry that I love. You know, I've met a lot of good people, very good people, actually. I don't believe I come to work every day. You know, it's a, it's a privilege to, I'm a, a custodian of the, what I do. And like, you know, some people feel differently, but I, you know, I generally, I've worked at some amazing grounds in my career. And again, yeah, some days you come in and it's like, oh God, you know, lead up to New Zealand, South Africa, just keep the World Cup. It was Groundhog Day every day. Yeah. Week later, we're here on a Saturday afternoon preparing for a game, I think it was on the Sunday, England, India. It's 30 degrees or 30 plus and you're leaving the pitch to bake all day nicely to get hard for the following day. You have got your shorts on. You've mowed the field by ten o'clock, yeah, on a Saturday, you know. But you know everything's done. Ground's looking nice. You've, the players have come in and done their bit, and you're like, right, we're getting ready now for the big. You know, you know it's, you know, you're pretty happy with everything as much as you can be. But yeah, so the the contrast is is ridiculous, really. You're right. I, I totally agree with you. But again, I suppose it's. You'll know that as well. You know, you'll turn up maybe to Yorkshire versus Worcestershire in a rural in a roll London, and there's two or three press guys there, and it's quite a nice sort of very chilled out day. You get your access to the players and interviews at the end, very easy going. Whereas you'll come to here as England versus India, and it's like we're even they're even talking about. I mean, you know how big our media area is. That it there's a breakaway part for the media because there's that many. I think we all right. have it in working cricket.
2: I, I met you in Abu Dhabi when I was over there covering yeah. the, the MCC game um, pre-season and the reason I, I like those pre-season trips is purely ex- exactly because of that. You get you get the sunshine, you, you pretty much guarantee you play and there's very few press go out to those trips so you get a lot more access to players and it's a lot more relaxed and yeah, you, you're dead right. You know, the, the contrast between that and you know, I wasn't out the final on Sunday, but the contrast between that and the final, I would imagine would have been incredible. Oh. Um, let's get let's get across to the, the Mark Butcher comments then, because on July the 9th, Butch, um, he was a guest on this show um, recently. He toward, tweeted, he said, that sorry, but the pitches have been garbage this tournament. Um, your reply was, really gutted about this comment, but rather than moan or groan, I'm giving uh, Mark Butcher 72 the opportunity to come and work at Warwickshire CCC on the lead up to the Ashes. 14 days out. I'll provide kit. See you on the 15th of July. Oh, and don't forget to have two T20 games as well. That comment from Butch was a little bit kind of one-sided, wasn't it? it was a li- There was no kind of...
0: I think hopefully what you've... Speaking to me is what you see is what you get. I'll give anybody their time of day. I'll work hard. I've got no problem if you criticise a pitch that I have. So if you went through the tournament now and you asked me my opinions of my pitches here, only here, I'd say first pitch was a little bit slow... Quite hard work to bat on, a bit old school traditional, not for everybody, but I'd have probably liked a bit more pace in it. Second pitch turned a bit, but we are on a used pitch because of the tournament, but actually it was great to see Babur Azam get his 100, and the atmosphere under Pakistan here was like that. So you can see what I'm saying is, I'm, I'm changing how I talk about my pitches. Yeah. He, 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 when did he send that? I'm, yeah, July the 9th, that's two days before my semi-final. Bearing in mind, I had two games that were 500 runs in it that was a bit slower. I agree with that. And, and I'm just going on here. So, bearing in mind what his comments is including here. The following one, England scored 337 against India. And India got 312. And anybody watching that, it's only because of England's really good bowling at the end that sort of, you know, India slowed up a little bit, didn't they, towards the end? And then the next game we've got three hundred and twelve played two hundred and ninety four I think or two hundred and eighty seven. Now, my argument is if that last pitch that's taken that one is utter garbage, well I'll I'll well I don't know what to do. <laughs> and my my disappointment you can go through my whole Twitter. From day I put it first on, I've never ever once criticised a player. Ever. Why is that? There's two or three reasons. I don't think it's professional, I don't think it's right, and I don't think I'm good enough a person. I might have been critical of a footballer, you know, because I don't work in football. I watch football and I love football. If I said now, oh, I think every opening bat in the country is awful, that's such an awful statement. And it's such a wrong statement. Like cricket pitches, there's good ones, there's bad ones, there's indifferent ones. To sweepingly say... That basically groundsmen have ruined the tournament because the pitches are all garbage if you look at his tweets that day i'm sorry they're inconsistent so i've gone back and firstly and said how many pitches have you produced and he said oh you know i think he comes back with don't don't be like that gary you're oh you're better than that gary and then the next comment he says something and i said i can't remember how i commented and he just turned around and goes if you don't like it turn off your phone that's the sort of thing a, a child says you know don't be disrespectful. Be what you are—a a really brilliant international cricketer. You know, when I've met him, been a pretty nice bloke. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I've got no arguments with Mark Butcher, the cricket commentator, who, if he, in his opinion, he just said, um, "I much prefer the pitches with a bit more pace and bounce in them. Some of the pitches through the tournament have been a bit, a little bit slow for me, so it's made for stodgy cricket." Do you know what? I don't re- respond because yeah. actually, some people like a certain brand of cricket, some people don't. Some people do. I just think it was very disrespectful. I, I've always been t- some. I should listen to my Dad's advice. If you've got nothing nice to say about somebody, don't say it at all. But I will always stick up for what I think is right, and that, and that wasn't right. That was, you know, other than a couple of comments Mark Ramprakash made when he was working with England. I think they some of the worst comments I've ever seen from a person that I actually quite respect. I still respect, but I, it's been a bit of a yeah. But I've lost a little bit of respect for, if I'm honest.
1: Discover one of the most beautiful lifestyle resorts in the Caribbean at the Accra Beach Hotel and Spa. Located on the south coast of Barbados, this beachfront property offers 224 rooms, sparkling pools, four restaurants, three bars, an on-site spa, event and conferencing facilities, and a welcoming team providing unparalleled relaxation to make your stay a memorable one. What are you waiting for? Book your reservation at this award-winning hotel today and experience the Caribbean dream. Can, can, can you just
2: explain to me, Gary? From obviously the rain and, and the weather plays a massive part because you need to get the, you know, the pitch to breathe, the sunshine on it and all the rest of it to get it exactly how you want it to get. Yeah, you know, If you want the, the 100% wicket... And that's that's what you require, isn't it? When yeah. you've got a pitch that's in preparation, you've had a bit of rain, you, you're working hard to try and get it you know, to the standard that you wanted to get it. How how much how much can you see how that pitch is going to play from say a week out, and what what how much scope do you have to actually do stuff to to remedy being a bit behind um, schedule? Prime example, like I say, let's look. Using it's, it's most relevant the New
0: Zealand uh, South Africa game. You, you look around that pitch. It looks like a day-glow colour, yet orange round it, where the hover cover's sat. It's been on that long. So you you prepare a pitch, generally, in this country, between four... Well, if we're in the middle of season, between 14 and 12 days out, you know, you put your water in it, you start to do the rolling process, your grass height. People do different techniques. You know, everybody's got their own little techniques of doing it to get to the same goal. We we have ours. The problem is, a, a week out, you know, so let's go for the 14-day process nicely. It's like putting a cake in the oven. And basically, it's 14 days out, you, you, you get your water in. The weather forecast is that there's a bit of rain towards the game the following week, but generally pretty good. So you've had a look at your forecast. So you put, put your water in. You take your, and I do here. I take a moisture reading to know that the moisture is going to be nice for the match. It doesn't mean anything to anywhere else, but where we want it to be. So take the moisture reading, we start the rolling process. This, the pitcher in question, we had a, a four-day championship game uh, against Knott's here, finished on the 6th of June, and our first game was on the 19th of June. So that was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 days rolling process from the 7th of June. The 6th night, you'll see us if, if you were here, we'd be cleaning out all of the international pitches for the, for the tournament, getting them all uh, scarified out, tidied up, ready for that rolling watering process. That night, we put the water on, uh, ready to roll on the 7th, which is the day after. The 7th rained heavily here in Birmingham all day, so we managed to get a, a blotter on to block the pitch and sheet it over so we could try and get on the roller. The 8th was rain most of the day here in Birmingham. Then the ninth was really nice, so I managed to get the rolling on and got about three or four hours that first day, again, looked nice. The 10th was poor, the 11th was rubbish, the 12th was really average, and then the next time we got on it, it, was about the 13th. So bear in mind then, in a six or seven day process, the pitch has only seen sunlight for one day and it's only been rolled once. So then you're starting to put blowers in it If you see my tweets, you'll see pictures of blowers in there. We're trying to dry the pitch out as best we can then to be spare for both. So what you end up doing is you go from this idealistic pitch that's got pace, bounce, carry, you know, everything you want to, right, let's see where we are let's reevaluate so then you start working evenings and late you have a bit of a break in the weather on the friday so you get the rolling done then what you have to do is you sort of not force dry it but it's not natural so you you do all your readings and it's maybe not quite as hard as you'd like it to be um it's hard enough you know there was no indentations there was no up and down movement there was nothing untoward on it you know it's a sort of pitch if you played on it for five days would have probably got better you know, your, your moisture content is pretty decent because you've been drying, but you're, you're against the weather. You've got none of that nice warm sun. You know, we've got lighting rigs here. It was raining that much. I couldn't even get a lighting rig on. So you, you're very limited of what you can do to that pitch. And if you watch a tournament, I don't know about anywhere else, and I've not really done the uh, uh, looking at it data-wise, there'll be an argument to say that prob- it wouldn't surprise me. If you look at the scores, they started off quite good, the rain hit the country because it hit most of the country. The scores then went down for a few, and I think probably went up again. I might be wrong on that, but if you look here, England against Australia would have scored 400 because they beat, they got 223 with. I know that's it, but some maybes. But we're 223 for
2: two off 32 overs. I said that on the podcast. They're on. They're on course. for 400 plus, maybe even 450. Yeah. The pitches here, as the tournament went
0: on, got better because the sun was out. You can't ever, you know, people say about pace and bounce. Obviously, in Australia, it's always quick. It's sunny. Their clay content's slightly higher, so they've got the sun to dry it out. No matter what the groundsmen are around the country, their efforts will always ever go in vain a bit if they can't get on the pitch to work on it. I always say that, that the level of expertise, and I don't even include myself in that, to be fair, around the country is that high, that sometimes people prepare pitches in the most dire situation. You know, getting them out in March. You know, our first game here was March 26th. There's guys up and down the country that will start earlier than that. So the level of expertise to get a pitch to where it has to be, and if actually the only criticism of a pitch is it's a little slow, well, I'm not saying it's ideal, you know, and we all want that, but we were hampered a lot. You know, that, when that weather hit, it hit the country, didn't it? It didn't just hit... Or the, I mean, we got, I think we were 200% more rainfall in 10 days than we get for the month. Yeah. You know, so you can't really underestimate how hard that not having any sunshine affects you, you know, especially when you're trying to produce a good, flat, nice carry batting pitch. You know, there's nothing worse than having to just take the cover off on the morning of the game. And I don't know if you were here for that New Zealand game. We couldn't even get the cover off in the morning early
2: because it was drizzling how likely is it as a a groundsman everybody in their own fields perfectionist new as you say you always kind of know you're kind of your own worst worst critic aren't you when you're doing stuff but how possible is it as a groundsman to get a 100 percent perfect pitch is that actually possible it's possible
0: i think you only know after it but it's the talent on the pitch that dictates how good a pitch is on sunday the level of ability of the players that were playing on that pitch will stick in people's minds for years. No matter what the pitch did, Colin de Grandholm's spell of bowling was unbelievable. Yeah, right, the pitch might have aided that a little bit, you know, but actually, he's still got a it there. Ben Stokes, for me, was out. Ben Stokes and Josh Butler bank were outstanding. I say, you know, I've said it before, last year, I've been a groundsman all, all my life, a head groundsman here since 2011. That the last year's England India Test pitch was one of the best pitches our teams produced here, and it was had a bit for everybody. It had carry bounce, and I watched Vera Coley score one hundred and forty nine against a good England bowling lineup. no you know no mucking about proper, and it was brilliant. You walked out at, at the end of the game, I remember going back to my wife and just saying, "Do you know what it was a privilege to prepare the pitch because the players on it were so good, yeah so no matter what the, the pitch pays a part course it does for the type of game it's going to be but the players dictate how anything's going to change not not you know i, I feel sometimes that you know on a pitch that's a bit average and you, you, i'm sure you'll say you've seen it and an average pitch is not great batting pitch you'll see someone score a 100 and you'll go wow how good was that you know in foot the best pitch that I, what i thought the flattest pitch and the best pitch we had was the semi-final here we peaked at the semi-final which is nice for me and the team and Edgbaston Because it was you know England-Australia Semi-final of the World Cup And I thought It was the best For the
2: carry And the bounce You know It was really good You, you know. must have felt For your counterpart At Bristol Because yeah, there's nothing worse Than putting all of that In and then not Actually getting a game
0: No and, and I know Sean Really
2: well And he would have been Desperate And his team Would have been
0: Desperate for that game To go ahead And there's nothing worse Because you've It's like you know, If your pitch ain't ready You know Because it's rained all week Then Sometimes it can be a bit of a a godsend. You think, well, do you know what? It gives it a few days to dry out for the next game or whatever. But Sean will have put hours and hours in down there. His team are a really good bunch of lads, really work hard, and they deserve credit rather than criticism. You know, his comments have covered the whole outfield, and, you know, it rained. It rained all day. Unless you put a roof on the place,
2: you know, it's... I always think, though, I, I saw those comments that oh, the covers aren't good enough. Michael Vaughan was saying that we need to have bigger covers but yeah. if there's one country that plays cricket in this world that knows how to cover a ground and knows how to deal with rain it's England isn't it it's a
0: bit of a it's a bit of a false thing about the covers I don't disagree that's not me saying I disagree with the covering of the whole lot that's not me at all if you look on the pictures here and I, you'll be able to see it if you cover the whole outfield, for sand-based outfield if you cover sand-based up it'll die out when it gets too dry it becomes dangerous actually. We saw that once in the uh, in uh, West Indies, I think it was when it when the run-ups uh, dried out too much. And I know that was a different kind of you know makeup of the soil and stuff like that. But if you look at the India Bangladesh game here, to the right of where the bowlers are running in, it, the when you're looking out the press box, there was a big dry patch on the outfield. It had just got worse over the few days. because so was obviously had a lot of cricket, but that's caused by the sheets on the outfield. It's drying it out, so there's no moisture in the profile holding it together, so you have to pump the water in. It came back to the semi-final. still see a little bit, but it came back to we watered it. These outfields are designed to take heavy rain. You know, and I mean proper heavy rain. We, I think we're at 40 mil an hour, any rainfall. So if we have 40 mil of rain, we'll, we'll play. What they, don't, what they all struggle with, and if you sheet it on, the same thing would happen. If they get greasy on the top, it's that grease that the umpires are slightly concerned about, rightly for the player's safety, so, we had a bit of a delayed start against New Zealand, uh, South Africa, I think it was. And purely simply, it was to dance because it was just a bit greasy. It wasn't wet, it wasn't anything bad, it was just greasy. So, the worry that the, it'll affect the game and the players will slip. But no, I, I think it's, we, we've got the, the, the soils and stuff. Is If you're going to go down the route of looking at why they are, you've got to have all your facts behind. You know, here, we had one of the wettest spells we've had in June. Ever, and we lost two overs, you know, and if you'd have brought the Anthems forward, you probably would have got them in. You know, we lost two overs in five games. There's an argument to say, I mean, Bristol were very, just very unlucky because I know how hard Shuttwin works and I know his one-day pitches are very good um, and his team worked tirelessly to, you know, to work hard on the ground. So, yeah, you'd be disappointed. I've, I've not spoken to him uh, at all since, but I know how disappointed he would have been because they'd have been desperate to try and get the game on for the spectators.
1: Are you looking to get your business in front of the cricket world? Join forces with the fastest growing cricket podcast on the web. The Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast brought to you in association with your business. Take an advert on the pod or become the headline sponsor. Contact us, cricketbadger, at hotmail.com for some very reasonable prices and joining the fun as the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast continues to go from strength to strength.
2: I saw quite a few comments from people overseas on social media about the World Cup shouldn't be played in England. You know, it should be played in a country where you know it's going to be dry. Probably most of them were from people in India who wanted the World Cup to be in India. But, um, you know, England didn't have the World Cup because it rains there and that's why we had so many no results. Tournament for me, the Cricket World Cup 2019 for me, was organised absolutely superbly. You know, from you guys doing the, the pitches to the administrators getting, making sure the logistics and everything were right. I think it was a superb tournament. There's one thing that we know how to do in this country, and that's put on entertainment events.
0: Uh, I think, I think the, the problem is now we, we live in such a different world, good in some respects, bad in others. You know, we talk, we, we've spoken briefly about Twitter, you know, it can have its positives, people see the pitch and people have their say. But with that, you have to have a level of responsibility. I look at and listen to people that are, what's it? Cricket should be played all over the world for me. And we lost four games this tournament. It was just unfortunate. It was the four games in about a space of a week, which was, you know, like I've spoke to you before, about that was our preparation week, wasn't the game week. The tournament, I think on a whole has been brilliant. I love the fact it was on free-to-air TV at the end, that everybody can watch it. You know, My wife is just going on holiday and they said they stayed in for an extra hour and a half to watch it. Uh, my wife, her friend, her husband, four kids in a little little travel lodge watching it around the little telly. Well, hang on a minute. Cricket's winning then. You know, you had three amazing tournaments on uh, the British Grand Prix, Wimbledon, played again on a natural surface, and, you know, what, Wimb- uh, what Neil Stubbley and his team do down there is amazing, and the Cricket World Cup final. It was, there were showpiece games. And every country. Like when it was in Australia and New Zealand, it was amazing. You know, I watched bits of it again, Times and stuff like that. It will, when India hosts it again, I'm sure they'll make an amazing job of it. But every country deserves to host it. Don't be critical because it rains. I think there's a, there's a cricket ground, I think, somewhere in Sri Lanka that's built because it's there because it's supposedly the drier part. It doesn't get the monsoons as much. I'm sure England were washed out twice. They're just natural things that happen. Unfortunately, cricket is dictated to by the weather. Um, unless you've got a couple of grounds that have got roofs, you know, I think might be one in Australia actually, randomly. But unless you've got that, the whole idea of the World Cup is to promote the game across the world, and that what that gives to you is different surfaces, different types of play, different conditions. And yes, you know, who says that next time it's played wherever it be played in the world, they don't lose two or three games. I hope they don't, and I hope. The, the, the people that I saw coming to Edgbaston aren't bothered about those comments, if I'm honest, because Pakistan were just unbelievable. The noise in that game, New Zealand, South Africa sold out, England, India, colour, and just everything about the day was—I mean, it was the UNICEF day—but the, the colours and the vibrance of the ground was unbelievable. You know, India, Bangladesh, Bangladesh supporters were on it for, you know—even though India were in control quite a bit of the game, Bangladesh supporters. We're out in the droves. That's what a World Cup is. You know, I sat and watched the whole of New Zealand, India. At, uh, we had a game, here. We a game here. We had something here. We were pre- prepping. I watched most of the game, semi-final, because it was just enthralling. You know, and I don't know about you, but that's to me
2: what a World Cup is. The vibrancy, was people getting together. I mean, that's, yeah. that's one thing about this country, isn't it? It's so multicultural. We had a lot yeah. of the um, overseas sport was already in in this country to start with, but what made it fantastic is, I mean, I, I, one of my favourite games, Gary, was the game at Old Trafford where India played Pakistan. They don't play each other very often. No. And you had, in the, in the stands, you had green shirts next to blue shirts, everybody getting on, everybody having a fantastic time. And that, that to me, is yeah, exactly what you said. It's, that's what it's all about. It's about fans getting together and enjoying a festival of cricket.
0: But, but you know yourself, you know, you do a podcast and people listen to it. You'll do a podcast and at some point... Like I say, we spoke about the Mark Butcher thing. There'll be people that agree with Mark Butcher. There'll be people that agree with me. And that's the way those sort of things work. You know, even if, you know, you'll read it, you know, and I said about the 250 game here, brilliant game. Some people go, oh this is hard work. Can't watch this. Yet yeah, there'll be some people turn around and go, Michael Vaughan said it, I think, on the TV the other day. Some of the pitches are actually, I think it was radio actually last night, some of the pitches are actually made for some brilliant cricket. Nervy, tense, sometimes you just have to admire the player's skill that is on the pitch. Don't be critical of things, and I've I've read the odd bit of critical stuff, not about pitch, about other things. Do you know what? Admire how New Zealand handled defeat. Admire how England were very gracious. Chris Wokes going up to uh, Martin Gupta at the end. Just, you know what, just for once, forget any negatives. Forget any decisions that didn't go, you know... Just do you know, look at someone like Kane Williamson who takes it all in his stride as just a really genuinely nice bloke, turn around and go, What an amazing final we're privileged to have seen. Two teams, nothing in it, literally nothing, let's be fair. They both went New Zealand up against it, and England were up against it, then New Zealand came back in and we you know, look, I was up for in England and I was in the ground thinking, oh, oh no. The chance have got it's gone. The chance has gone. And then all of a sudden they've got that little glimmer back and it was brilliant and it was as good as, you know, I I support Leicester City and Leicester City won the Premier League. It was the most amazing season I've ever witnessed and the other day was close to that and I love my football a lot more than the cricket. Maybe you're in it and you work in it and you know people in it, involved in it, but it was the people around you were jumping up and down, hugging each other. You know, they were next to New Zealand fans. There was no animosity. It was very much a case of they were jumping up at one point, we were... It, it was, it was. It just showed you the level of, yeah, what the game's done. And I think, I think sometimes people can, on on places like social media, you, you know yourself, you're always going to get people critical just to get the reaction. Yeah. And I think it's just disappointing when you read that, that's all. But I, I've done it through Oops. certain times. I don't bother reading the negatives. I just say the positives.
2: Mark Butcher tweeted about the Lord's pitch on on uh, Sunday said just an observation from the comfort of my sofa ball appearing to grip since the shines off the new ball a little bit of indifferent bounce too obviously I'm no expert but that's what I see again there's
0: nothing wrong with that because that's his opinion it's an opinion of something you know I I have i am not not, I've not read that but I'll be honest with you I've got no if, if if that you know if that's what his opinion was of the pitch nobody can read that and think that's it's not negative, it's, it's an observation, isn't it, from an England cricketer that has played the game a lot more than I have. It's when you, cons- you criticise everything. Imagine if I came out and just said, oh, every podcast in the country is rubbish. Yeah, yeah, Not so much, like I say, anybody that's played test cricket for England, in my opinion, has a right to comment on a pitch. But, and there is a big but, also then has a responsibility to understand what goes into it. And that's where I sat on that. It was a real, there was a, there's a couple of people out there, I won't know others, but there's a couple of people out there that you read it and it makes you, make, you wince thinking, but you know the person works really hard to do that. So like I say, basically, he sent that out, yet two days earlier, I believe we'd done a really good pitch for England and India. A really good pitch. I was so proud of my team. It was going to turn, it was going to do everything. It was a good, true, one-day pitch that people could score runs off. You know, it's only through the good bowling of Wokes, uh, Plunkett, Wood, towards the end, I'm probably giving Archer Probably uh, He was there as well, and Rashid, That stopped New Zealand. Good bowling up front by Wokes and Archer, I think it was, that slowed India down at the start. There's nothing different. The pitch stayed the same for the whole game. There was a really good one at Taunton where Bangladesh chased down 300. Uh, yes. 330, was it? 320. There was an amazing game at Old Trafford where West Indies, and New Zealand went hammer for
2: Tong, you know, that was my favourite game of the tournament, that Carlos Brasquake. You know, wave. I watched,
0: and I remember watching the last bit, of it, and I remember I was outside, I'd had some time in the family, and it was on in the background, and the, I think West Indies were sort of like 164 for seven. No chance. Or six, or something. Yes. It was, they were quite, they were out of it. And you watched it, and you were like, they're in it still. They're in it here, they could do this. But he's basically, was, with his first comment on June the 9th, the Taunton, let's just, I'm just picking the Taunton pitch, and the uh, Old Trafford pitch, and my India pitch, they're garbage. It's the generalisation from a guy that is very well respected, that a lot of people listen to, rightly, because he's earned that respect through batting at three for England and having a very successful career as an England cricketer, would not even... If you read any of my tweets, there's not one tweet that's negative towards Mark Butcher because I don't I don't have any negativity towards him. What I do have is a level of I feel it was very unprofessional by a person that understands how hard it is to get a pitch right. Are you, is the but invitation for him to come down and work with your team still open? Yeah never he's never took it up he's too busy yeah do you know what and it's it's a funny thing to say we had the semi-final here and I put on uh, I, I don't know if you've seen it I put a picture of the pitch on thanking my team because obviously the end of the tournament really working hard and I'm really pleased for Edge Preston because it's a great place to work I love it when fans come in and enjoy the day and that's why I work hard because it's you know the pitfalls, but you know the Adela- Adulation when you get it. I put on there, I hope it was good enough for him, and he didn't even have the decency
2: to respond. I- I'll tell you what, though, I- I'm sure the Cricket budget podcast listeners all agree that unsung heroes of the English cricket season, ground staff, I know from, uh, as I say, from watching Andy Fogarty, how hard ground staff work at grounds and the hours that you put in and the holidays that you don't take, like you say, when your family's away and what have you, and... Uh, uh, yeah, and that, certainly from, from my aspect it's appreciated
0: no I appreciate that and we, we do and I, and I can speak for everyone the first class groundsman but I do say it a lot you know there's a lot of amateur club groundsmen that do exactly the same you know that don't get paid minds in the public eye and i suppose i'm not to be shot down if it if it doesn't go very well but you know there's a lot of club groundsmen that work hard up and down the country there's a lot of groundsmen around the country that do football cricket rugby tennis and all the other ones that work really hard in what they do and all and like i say, the first class guys and i speak you know i can speak on behalf of them all so i know uh, all they try and do is do good pitches constantly for good games of cricket so people enjoy it and have it like you said before, we'll try and have a fair contest between bat and ball. It's just there'll be some times where if you get a comment that you feel is a bit unfair. You will always stick up for either yourself or... That, that comment was a real... It really sort of um, hit home a little bit hard. I think you, you're a bit tired through the tournament. It's been a long tournament for the ground staff. You know, the ones that work, once the
2: start? It touched a nerve. Yeah,
0: yeah, I would say that. Especially from when you respect someone, it generally does it more. Does that make sense? You know, so when Owen Morgan said it was a fantastic pitch at Edgbast and they played the semi-final in, that means a lot. From all my team, oh, Owen Morgan said wow. You know, that's brilliant. That's, that's a lovely comment here. And actually, it makes you, you know, at the end, when, it, when Australia lost, and Australia were a fantastic team to host here. Very respectful of the Nets, thank yous and everything. They spoke to Aaron Finch at the end, and not once, like I said to you before, they would mentioned the pitch. And actually, you know, you can walk away going, yeah, England won because they won. They beat Australia because they were better, you know, like any team that played here through the World Cup, I think, generally. And I think, like I said, not in all the games, and I can't honestly say I don't think, and I don't know, you might be able to tell me because you probably saw more games live and I don't think there was any pitch that brought the other, you know, the better team won on every game, I think. So I think
2: the testament to that is that, uh, I mean, we, on the World Cup weekly podcast that we've done during the World Cup, we've made our predictions for every game. And there were so few surprises, and the surprises that did come because the other team played better. You know, and, yeah. and the, the talented team played badly. You know. if, if, the, if it was a, a lottery, because the pitches were playing such a part, there'd have been far more surprises in the tournament. And like
0: that one where Trent Bridge, where West Indies bowled out Pakistan. That was a good pitch. That had pace and bounce. And West Indies just peppered Pakistan with the short stuff. Pakistan went away and regrouped. And we were actually a bit unlucky to miss out on a a semi-final place. You know, and looking back now, you know, like I say, not watching it as much as probably a true cricket fan as in, you know, watches a lot more and probably knows a lot more than I do, if I'm honest. You know, I think it's been a very good tournament, a contest between bat and ball. Bowlers had a chance, but you've still got to bowl well.
2: Uh, fam- a fantastic World Cup, and, and you've played your part. And uh, really appreciate your time on the podcast this week, Gary. Hopefully, it stays sunny for you for the rest of the season, especially
0: around the August the oh, July the 30th to August the 6th. If <laughs> there's going to be any sun, and then hopefully late September when I've got T20 Finals Day, which is a little bit late this year, but uh, yeah. But hopefully we'll have a, a good Ashes test, which will just top off the summer. Hopefully all the you know all the people get behind the Ashes now.
1: It's that badger style thank you very much indeed to Gary for sparing me the time as uh, we've said very busy men the ground staff at County Grounds during the English summer so appreciate his time in coming on the pod I think it was a really interesting chat and maybe gives you the listener a little bit of an insight into A the dedication B the expertise and C the passion that uh, the groundsmen around the country have for creating the best possible pitches for you the spectator so wish Gary well for the rest of the summer at the Ashes and the T20 final go well for him too and plenty of cricket still to come during this 2019 season what a summer it has been for cricket so until the next time badges, enjoy your cricket sports social podcast network